get better at this, won't we? It's fine. It's fine. All right. Hello, welcome. welcome to Pressing Issues. I'm Joe Brown. I'm Rowan Grover. Uh, this is a podcast all about comic books where we take two different runs of a similar character or similar theme and we press we them press together. Em. We press them together and we, we try to figure out what their similarities are, what their differences are. We try to figure out which one comes out on top. Not unlike a pimple. We press no, yeah, them. Yeah, that's it. Wear a pimple. See what bursts out. That's a really great way to start our podcast. <laughs> this is episode number one. Welcome. Um, welcome. It's great to have you all listening. And it's great to be sitting here with Rowan. My friend Rowan. Hey, Joe. Hey, Rowan. What's and our friend on? Cohen on the ones and zeros. Yeah. Fantastic. Are... We're in an actual recording studio. Yeah. Um, which feels overwhelmingly professional. Yeah. Uh, compared to what we're about to talk about. Big nerd shit. <laughs> Big, big nerd shit. Big um, brain nerd shit. Yeah, so like we said, this is about comic books. So mm. what we like to do is we like to break it up into mini-series. We like to find a thematic through line and then find just so many comics to read and press them all together. This mini-series is going to be all about origins and entry points. And we thought, what better way to start with the first ever episode than with a big man himself? Big old super hombre. Super hombre. The big super, blue boy scout. Superb man. Super- <laughs> Guys, we're talking about Superman. We're talking about Superman. <laughs> we're talking about him. He's Clark Kent. He's Kal-El. Yeah. And he's here. Yeah, you know Superman. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Let's talk about Superman for a little bit. What's his deal? Well, I don't know about you, Joe, but uh, in high school, as I think a lot of teenagers were, I was a bit of a... I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan. I was on the train of like, uh, I think this guy's overpowered. He's too nice. I can't relate to him because he's too nice. Were you a mean? Were you a mean boy? Yeah. You were a big mean boy. Yeah, but I wasn't like on the Batman side either. No. No, I was just. I don't know. I was a. I mean, I was a manga guy in high school, but yeah. that's a whole other thing. I wasn't even a comic guy. Well, there you go. I hated comics in high school. <laughs> Look at us now. <laughs> um, My friend had a comic book club. That I refused to join because I thought it was too dorky. You're the reason. I'm the reason. I'm the reason we all <laughs> now love comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I love Superman now. It Me was too. Probably not until I think I kind of clicked late high school that it's it's not about how like overpowered he is, but how much he struggles to be a good example. Of a hero, I guess. But that's and that's exact. But that's also just like getting older. You realize like that that stuff is not important. What's important is the story. And I think with Superman, there is just so much more story potential than. And I love Batman, but like, I genuinely think that when Superman's done well, it's about as good as comics get. Yeah, it's I, the. Uh... It's the ideal form of superhero comics. It's well, it's he, the Earth superhero yeah, he's comic. He's the text. He's the beginning. Yeah. Um, created in uh, the Great Depression. Created. Yeah, exactly. He represented what we want aspired to. Yeah. He was created by Joe Shuster and Jerry Siegel. Jerry Siegel. There was a long legal battle. Yeah, they recently. sold him for like three hundred dollars or something him for like a, that. You know, a bucket. A yeah. bucket and some pebbles. Yeah. Um, and only recently has it really kind of 
gone back to the families and the yeah as most kind of like dirty laundry that these corporations have aired out has only just kind of been settled like i think the jack are you calling dc a large corporation yeah wow drag them (laughs) this is not the first time i'm gonna drag a corporation (laughs) on this podcast yes that is true well it Um, is the first time but it's not gonna be the last Jesus, that's a. Are you throwing down a threat? Absolutely. Wow. You better. You better come through on that. Yeah. On a related point, Superman, hero of the people. Hero of the people. Yeah. He's an alien. Yeah. Though. It's cool though. It's cool though. We like him. It's yeah. cool. He's he's one of those aliens. Do you know how you have those aliens that are um white yeah. and men? Yeah. He's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> DC, DC really pushed it so hard that they were like, well, he's an alien. They're like, well, we can't make him too different. But no, he's a character that has been endlessly emulated, often parodied. He has been represented across media. He was the biggest comic for a while. He then became an extremely large animated series across decades. Yeah. Um, some good, some bad. I remember there was one in my... I used to watch one in my... Ooh, Cohen's looking at the mics. There was one in... Cut that. Um, there was one... There was this uh, VHS of a Superman uh, cartoon at my grandma's house that I used to always watch, and I think it might have been, like, one of the best ones. Was it the 90s one? No, no, it was, the, like, I think it might have been, like, the 80s or 70s. It was one of the ones... Oh, no, we should have done our research. We're bad. Um, but, yeah, and then he... He had a 70s... 75 movie. He had a movie, With yes. the uh, inimitable Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve. He did indeed. He had four of those. Three yeah. of them are bad. And I've only actually good. seen the first one. I I like it a lot. Yeah, the first one's excellent. Yeah. Um, and then I think that was what clicked me onto Superman. Well, really? I was like Christopher Reeve. I was, yeah, I was kind of like, what's this? I don't know. He's fine. I was kind of going through a rampage of superhero movies, like anything I could get my hands on in high school. Which back then that's much less than it is yeah. now. <laughs> and watch this, and like I was like, dozen. yeah, yeah, Blade. Yeah. <laughs> one to three. Sorry, Blade One to Two and Blade Trinity. Uh anyway, um yeah. Superman good. Superman nineteen seventy five good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, that and he, that is that kind of pure puritanical superhero represent, representation just distilled to its like finest point. Okay, well that actually leads me pretty nicely onto my next question. Let's talk about the characterization of Superman. Let's yeah. talk about Actually, we should probably give some context. We're going to be talking about two different comic series today. We're going to be talking about Birthright by Mark Wade, Which is a... 2003 comic? Later than I actually realised, but kind of makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah. um... And... Superman S- the Man of Steel. A 1986 comic by John Byrne. Yeah. The Birthright is by Mark Wade and... I already said that. Ma- Lionel Francis. He- oh, we're going to get into that. Yeah. Not a fan. Ooh. Interesting. Throwing the gauntlet down already. Yeah. But both of them have interesting characterizations of Superman. And I wanted to talk to you about it a little bit because I found it to be, you know, we talk about how he's this perfect superhero. He's this perfect kind of representation of what a superhero is. He's often done, people often seem to not get the point. Yeah. Or, this is going to sound like I just keep um, talking about movies, but like you just mentioned that the, the Christopher Reeve Superman is this like kind of perfect ideal, this perfect little 
kind of piece of him. Yeah, like a timeless superhero it, movie. There is a timeless. I think it is the most timeless superhero movie. Yeah, I'll absolutely. throw that down. And then, but that timelessness almost comes back to bite them when, in two thousand and six, Brian Singer, noted, terrible person. <laughs> made another one he made superman <laughs> returns with brandon ruth and yeah. his whole idea was to create this kind of throwback thing this this he wanted to continue that the christopher reeve superman story yeah um and everyone hated it yeah everyone i hated it never actually seen it i saw it when it came out and i, I think it was the same as you i saw it and i was like where's the punching uh <laughs> bang bang shit because i was an idiot um no, that was actually that was big brain thinking. <laughs> yeah, that was fourteen-year-old big brain thinking. <laughs> yeah, but then we fast forward to uh, you know eight years later, and we have Henry Cavill's Man of Steel, a secretly good movie. Secretly good movie. Mm, I think you and I are fighting now. I actually haven't seen it since I was in the theaters. I, I I enjoyed it, like on an aesthetic level, and as like I like Henry Cavill a lot. See, this is where I'm going to fight you on this one oh, because cool. this is what I think they've. I think that in order to, this is what I talk about when I say that writers who do him well are doing so well, is because they are able to capture that timeless quality and this idea that he is. You know, you we are striving to be like him, but he is an impossible standard. Mm. And I think what everyone tries to do is make him human. Mm. Everyone tries to give him like, like yeah, I think Henry Cavill is fine, but they give him this dour fucking expression and this grayscale aesthetic, and they make him a fucking huge downer. Yeah, I actually think this echoes a lot of what I have to think about Superman Birthright by Mark Wade and Lionel Yu. You and I are on like we're completely opposite. I think this oh, this episode. Yeah, this let's is a great way to start. Go. It's I'm just keen. us against each other. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about all right. What, in your opinion, then, what what characterizes Superman? What makes him? Why do why do writers keep coming back to him? I think, and I think this is explored pretty well in both series, is that he's got to have that farm boy essence of someone who's, like, quite innocent and almost naive a bit, but who's always really earnest and trying to do the right thing and trying to see trying to see the right thing in, like, trying to see the good in humanity. But then balancing that with kind of dorky dadness, mm. which I think is done really well in Man of Steel, less so in Birthright. But I think they're also quite different takes for different eras. Yeah. On Superman. Totally. And we'll get into that. But I think it's all about a character who is constantly perceived as perfect and striving to be and striving to see the best in everyone else as well, I guess. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with Ernest. Yeah. And I think that's what frustrates so many people about him is that there is no... You know, I'm always going to come back to these characters and, and the movies, because I think that is so often... Well, that's the pop culture that's the, how people Yeah, it's how people perceive these characters. And I always kind of... I will come back to this idea of that Robert Downey Jr. came in with Iron Man and he's this smarmy... Night, not night least, but he's this smarmy kind of, like, narcissist with... Always has a, always has a quip. Mm. And I think that because that juggernaut then went off, 
the idea about creating an earnest Superman is dead in the water. Like, it's yeah. never going to happen. And, like, that kind of characterization, that Robert Downey Jr. characterization became every superhero character. Yeah. Everyone's got to have a quip. Everyone's Which I have thought, and everyone's got to kind of like slyly wink at the audience. That yeah, this is lame. Yeah, and I think that's what the you know the Christopher Reeve Superman why it's this perfect kind of physical um, representation of it is that he there's no winking, there's no kind of sly look at the audience. It is a genuinely earnest portrayal of a genuinely earnest character. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree, and I think that is. I think that is best embodied in Superman and you can do it with other superheroes, but Superman has that public perception. They get away with it with Captain America, I think. Yeah, but, but that, they... the thing about Captain America, and this is my whole other take, is he's a soldier. He's a soldier, yeah. And he's also a man out of time. So and they, he's killed people. He, Yeah, but he, they have able, like, they've rooted him in a context that speaks to his yeah. um, personality. Yeah. Whereas Superman... You're constantly going to have to try and, and we see it in both of these, both of these series. Like, yeah. you have to try and reinvent him in a way that a new audience is going to accept him and also like think he's cool. Which, which I, is hard. I don't think you have to do that. No, but <laughs> I'm going to talk about that in Man of Steel. Totally, but I think like the corporations, you know, we've you know the big DC. Mm. They they want him to be appealing. Yeah. And I think it's what's appealing about him is that there is an earnestness about him. That there is no joke, there is no yeah. um smarminess to him. He's you know. And I think I think there's a smarminess in this John John Byrne run. I do agree on some level. Yeah. But maybe that I think let let's get into it. What what do you want to talk about? first well let's go with john Byrne first let's go on john Byrne. It's, it's 1986 throwback to 1986 throw it all the way back let's give yeah what? this is so context contextually this is right after crisis on infinite earths which is when dc big company dc <laughs> big dc big d big dc energy decided <laughs> uh tm uh <laughs> When they decided that their comics are too complicated, so they blew up their universe and something they've only you know again. done once. Yeah, something they don't do all the time. Yeah, something their movies have now fucking started emulating as yeah. well. It's fine. <laughs> but um, so this uh, Man of Steel is coming off that the universe being blown up and restarted, mm. and it's an attempt to modernize Superman and give people an entry point. Which is what we're talking about in yeah. this episode. Entry points. Entry points. Origins and entry it's points. A, it's a modern for the 80s take on a character who's 50 years old at this point. Yep. And yeah. So overall, have you had any history with this series? I haven't. I kind of am a, am a like self-described older comic neophyte. Like, I don't go back through them to to look for them you mm. know what i mean like i which is why i think i love what we're doing here because this this forces me to kind of go back through the the histories a little bit more mm. and actually kind of engage with them on a more critical level than i think i would um 
but yeah, so like like you said, like we're you know at the time Burns said he's going to take Superman back to basics. It was yeah. all about and trying John... to undo fifty years of convoluted yeah continuity. And John Byrne is the writer and artist on this, mm. which is a bit There's rarer a... nowadays, but I think was pretty big back then. Yeah, which kind of sell the 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 series does have a a singularity of vision. Yeah, for sure. it is. Uh, it's one piece. It's an author yeah. piece on Superman, well, which is hard about, in a big company. Let's talk about it. Like, so what is this comic? St- this comic opens, you know, as all good comics should, with the destruction of Krypton. Yeah, and uh, I will get into the birthright representation of Jor El and Krypton and all that, but I like the the coldness. Like, I like the detached nature of it and how shocked Lara is mm. I, I like there's one panel especially at the start when uh, Jor-El projects an image of Earth and it's of a buff shirtless farm dude I thought that was I read that as Park Kent is it? maybe <laughs> no, it is totally maybe it is but it's just great her first reaction to that hot. <laughs> yeah her first reaction is like oh my god I'm like whoa yeah. Lana's horny on Maine <laughs> No, she's disgusting. Yeah, I know she is after that. Jor-El but the is, picture Jor-El's the one that's horny. He's, he's like these guys. No, yeah. that's why I'm sending my son. Jarl fucks, <laughs> and he literally he's like, man, we're too sterile. We gotta fuck. Yeah. Well, at the end of it, he says, apparently for the first time, I love you. Why? <laughs> His planet explodes around him. I also love that in that moment, he apparently, guy. he apparently decides to inform her that he's known about the upcoming destruction of Krypton for oh I don't know many months, yeah. and he's kept that he's kept that a little. So, but it also like yes, you you talk about the sterility of it. They literally describe the insemination of oh yeah Kal El as his seed, and their seeds put into a matrix chamber, and then out popped a little baby superman so they literally do not fuck yeah but now jor-el wants to fuck yeah but now they're dead <laughs> yeah so tough fucking luck r.i.p rip um and where do we go from there um well then we then then we get into clark kent owning it football destroying that football field <laughs> yeah Absolutely kill, and then Parkan immediately telling him to just cut that shit right Stop. out. Yeah, it's like you know, this is very classic of these kind of seventies uh, and eighties comics. Like it does not waste time. Yeah, they. But I like it. Yeah, but it's 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 you see it throughout the whole series. It's like by the end of it, you realize it does it does hurry towards the end. At- at the end, I think. I think mm. it really stumbles across the finish line a bit. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, I do as well, because I think that last issue should have been two. But the idea about doing a two-part, you know, these this was designed to be, you know, a, a kind of like a best of, almost. Yeah, you, know, yeah, get... you got all the, like, it It does have a lot of similarities with the movie as, as well. Yeah. With, with the movie, I guess, maybe with the other ones. I haven't seen them. It hits, all, just, it hits all the points that you need to hit. It's hit, you know. Yeah. He's in Metropolis. He's got the dual identity. I think both of these comics, and we will get into the other one, do a good job at... Because the biggest complaint they always throw out to Superman is that he just takes his son... He's, take your, t- you know, take your glasses off right now. Yeah, no, I still recognise you. 
Yeah, but I don't have my hair slicked back, nor am I hunching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so both of these comics go to great length to try and explain <laughs> the validity and the kind of... Of the costume. Of the costume and also just the of the secret identity, like assuring the readers, like, no, 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 you want to get onto that now? We, we can wait. We can wait. I think that's... Yeah. But I... Yeah, I think it's... um, And I think this is very well portrayed. John Byrne is a, like, a fucking good artist. Mm. And the way that he portrays that, like, the shift when he puts his glasses on, he slicks his hair back. Yeah, he does. Ultimately, he has the same face expression and, like, composition. But, yeah, he, like, he probably passes as a different dude. Absolutely. Um, Let's talk about the art. Yeah. What did you think? John Byrne rules. Yeah. Um, I am a big, contrary to Joe, I love old comics. Um, and I do deep dive into them. Mm. And um, 80s X-Men is 100% my jam. And John Byrne is the big, one of the big creators on that. And yeah, he did you're talking, like... You're talking Dark Phoenix? Dark Phoenix talking... Saga, Days of Future Past. He has this very kind of... Not Onslaught. Not Onslaught? Uh, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but he has this really, like, uh, kind of... And I think this really works for his representation of Superman, is that all his characters, like, look, like, formidable and muscular, but have, mm. like, a lethness and softness about them as well. They're also um, incredibly individual. Yeah. They like without it getting too, you know, on an episode that we've recorded that no one will ever hear. We talked about Mark Bagley's um, Spider-Man comics, where yeah, that's going to be a Patreon bonus content episode. <laughs> you threw down the Patreon gauntlet episode <laughs> one. <laughs> Listeners, if you want to get in, email me. Listeners, if you want to listen to this, that would be great. <laughs> um, but, but no, but you want know, to see like there is a style to to that guy's faces where yeah. they all have a similar structure. Whereas this this is Lois Lane looks different to yeah. Lucy Lane, who was a character I never knew existed. You know? Yeah. And then everyone is so individually drawn. There is no cutting corners. Like it is Yeah, like um Mar and Park Hant look like very kind of they look like farmhands. Like Park Hant is like He's so pretty little. big, but he what like compared to Superman, <laughs> yeah, sure. But he's like so, like he looks like an old farm dude. Yeah. Um. But and and then Superman looks like Christopher Reeve. Totally. Which I think like. But not eerily similar. No. In the way I that like some later comics like they Gary really Frank go into does. it. I think that his portrayal has kind of been a blessing and a curse for so many artists. Yeah, well, since then because they it's think it's iconic. It is iconic, and it's also the most recognisable. It's like the high cheekbones, the square jaw. Yeah, yeah. The little like curl. Yeah, well, the the curl is a bit more like, uh, I don't know, primordial Superman. I think mm-hmm. uh, that actually kind of leads me. Yeah, that that leads me onto another thing. Like the um the iconography of Superman is easily the most recognisable. You know. Yeah. In all of comics, like yeah, it's the S. It's the S. It's the S, but it's also it stands for hope. It. it does stand for hope. It's like a river. Um, <laughs> think about it. But it also has the the ripping of the shirt 
Yeah. You know, it's the chains such, breaking. The chains breaking. Yeah. His, Everything he does, it is iconic. His point down when he does this, when he's in the air. Yeah, yeah. This is an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> so what Joe's doing. Uh, so what's Joe? I'm pointing down. <laughs> Pretending to be in the air. I'm in, I'm, anyway. I'm Superman. Um, <laughs> and this is explored, like the iconography of Superman, explored pretty well in Birthright as well. Mm, I think, yeah. Well, that's. I, I don't think you can address him as a character without addressing yeah. the iconography and also the history behind the iconography. And I like that this is kind of like a more simple take on Superman because it's not like... In this one, the S doesn't stand for... It's not like a Krypton no, symbol. No, it's an S. It's just an S. It's just an S. And, like, they make the costume and Clark's like, yeah, it looks iconic. Yeah, yeah. It's not based on any kind of yeah. House of L nonsense. Which it's- I kind of like. Yeah. Like, I, I like the I, House of L. I like the Krypton stuff, but I like how simple this take was. Well, it's just sticking to the classic of just, like, we need him to be bright yeah. and recognisable. And that's what he says. And yeah. I like that he builds it with, with his mom. In both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he sews I'm it with actually, his laser I'm, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge sucker for, um like costume origins yeah i really like them i really like seeing that i like, like when I uh, like, yes. <laughs> i like when rogue's hair goes white in x-men yeah that's a good one <laughs> that's what that's needed explaining <laughs> uh very much <laughs> aside the second brian singer movie we've invoked fuck that guy <laughs> i gotta stop um yeah um, but then it just gets straight into it like there's no dilly dallying around smallville he's straight into metropolis mm. pitching perry wyatt yeah, and that's it. This it's six issues, and it just kind of goes. It's it plays the best of hits. It's got Lex. Luthor, yeah, once you get got... to the second issue, yeah, it's like it's a Superman weekly comic. Yes, yeah, which is great. It's actually yeah. kind of you you forget how nice it is not to read episodic and not serialized. Yeah, stories sometimes where you can just you get to the end of it and you're like, ah, I have completed a story. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Which John Byrne does really well. Mm. Well, like. I would say there's not as much of a complete or as well-executed complete arc over the six issues well, as Birthright, but I don't think that's necessarily to its detriment. It feels like it wanted to be longer. Well, it does continue into, like, an ongoing series. Yeah, because when, at the end of it, Jor-El turns up and he tells his son to sit down and listen... Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then you have three pages of him, or well, two pages of him There's flying a lot around of dialogue doing exposition. Yeah. Which... Being like, I'm an alien. I'm an alien. And you're like, okay. And then it literally I thought is you like, knew. that's the end. And you're like, oh, yeah. okie dokie. Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's fine. But Birthright is a bit more cinematic in its ending. But that's fine. Um, what did you think about the, you know, the inclusion of the wider DC universe in this? Like, Batman. Batman's in oh. this. Hell yeah, yes. he is. It was really good. Yeah. It also like, and again, I'm going to go back to the movie because I, this is, this is a soapbox I get on all the time. Yeah. Which is how the fuck do people keep getting their dynamic wrong? Oh yeah. And John Byrne nails and it. And John Byrne absolutely nails it in a single issue. Yeah. He says it in a single paragraph. He says, our crime fighting styles are different. Yeah. And I'm like, there it is. Yeah. There's the whole thesis of the... T- in- and immediately, like, that... You've just spent two issues in Metropolis. That third issue going into Gotham is so much fun. Yeah. Because it's all it's refreshing. dark and it's refreshing and it's... 
And the like, way that Batman's like, this is why you wouldn't work in Gotham. Yeah. Is great. I and love getting into that. But that's what I'm so like, kind of going back to Man of Steel and then by, and by kind of following on with Batman v Superman, like, you oh, can't a have... a good movie. Huh? Don't know. Batman v Superman secretly good movie. Maybe. God, you can just burn in hell. Um, <laughs> no, because you can't, like, you can't have both of them doing Batman. Yeah. Because then it's boring. Yeah, no. You've that, got like that's you, a different vision. I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Is so wrong. Like it's so easy. And what like DC did so well and like kind of understood it was just like great. Anytime we put these two together, they should clash. But it works. Clash, and it should be this like we have this juxtaposition just there and like it's built in, and it just writes itself. Yeah. And that's why I think like there's there's such an ease in what John Byrne does in that issue. Yeah. In terms of just like, nope, this is it. I don't need to explore it anymore. It's one issue. Yeah. The, and at the end, Batman's literally like, oh man, I want I hope I never meet him again. <laughs> <laughs> We're two fundamentally different people. <laughs> yeah. Which is good, actually. Yeah. Um I really love John Byrne's um, Batman as well. I thought he looked yeah. big and imposing. Very, um, like, classic mm. 80s Batman as well. Yeah. Like, he's beefy. He's beefy. Yeah. Big boy. Yeah. Um, Chunky. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get into um, Bizarro. Yeah, which I loved. I actually yeah. really did. The, the more I talk about it now, the more I'm actually kind of, like, liking it. It's this. a good series. I read it, like, an hour ago. All right. <laughs> it's fine. But actually, um, one thing I was going to bring up... Um, the first, like, kind of street-level fight that Superman has, and also, like, when he saves the girl with the boombox, John Byrne captures that, like, yeah, Superman's pure and, like, a good superhero, but he's a dork. Yeah, actually, that's such a good... I, I did write that down. There's a bit where when he, he tells, tells the girl... When he tells her to turn it down... Turn her music down. He, like, tell, he tells her to turn it down, nerd. only because he's, like... When we all play our part, life is bearable. And I was like, Jesus. Okay, Dad. <laughs> right. Fucking hell. Yeah. Man, um, what a horrible view. But, you know, yeah, that's what, like, and the, he's, and the, he's borderline insufferable. Yeah. But I he's, think... He should be. Yeah, exactly. He's Dad's superhero yeah. in this comic, even though he's, like, 25. Yeah, he's not Which drawn. I think he works. He's not drawn like a... <laughs> it's fine. If he's but he's Superman. How old is Lois Lane supposed to be, then? Yeah, I don't know. Because she's also not drawn like any 25-year-old. No, no. Um, I liked their dynamic as well, Lois Lane and Superman, the little interview segment that they have. is very charming. I think Lois Lane has done really well in both of these comics. I agree. Um, I think they're, like, they're another pairing that just kind of writes yeah. themselves as well. As long as you have Lois Lane being spunky. Well, as long as, as, long as, 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 long as she is always the dominant... Yeah. Voice. Like, and and the dominant force as yeah. well, because there's uh, that one panel where she's... She's lifting weights. She's gunning it. She's fucking jacked, and she absolutely annihilates Clark Kent. Yeah. Calls his weights tiny. So in another reference to the, like, fragility of his costume, which... And it's like an ongoing thing, right? Lois Lane's always trying to connect the dots between Superman and Clark Kent. That's like a classic trope, I think. No. The classic trope is how she's the world's greatest reporter and Lex Luthor is the smartest man on earth and, and they neither can't of them it. see it. O okay, sure. Do you but even know comics? Jesus. No. Um, 
But yeah, I really liked how she's kind of constantly, yeah, it's like right in front of her and mm. she's like, oh man, you're lifting these like tiny little dumbbells. Little bitch weights. But you're like, you're a big boy. You're a big boy and you're lifting bitch weights. Yeah. <laughs> she absolutely like annoys She's like, oh him. well, there's no oh, logical well, answer to that. She's just curling it. She's <laughs> yeah. just curling this way. Yeah, she's like, I'm ready to fucking go when you are. You want to step outside? Um, yeah, good comic. Good comic. And then, yeah, and then Bizarro's done. So Bizarro is a clone, a failed clone of Superman in this. Yeah. By Lex Luthor. Who's dust then yeah. cures that was a weird Lucy bit, Lane, who is a character I've never heard of. Lo- Lois's blind sister. Who was blinded by, <laughs> getting, by a hijacker how. and she got a chemical substance thrown on her. That made her organically blind. But only for a little bit. Only until the dust of a Superman clone hit her eyes. And then she could see again. That, also, actually, that, that character, she just straight up throws herself off the balcony. She's like, I'm oh, blind yeah. now. Life no more. Yeah. And that's kind of... And she just fucking goes. Like, she just absolutely launches herself. Yeah. It's... it's... It's almost, like, nonsensical enough that it's, like, it's not even really a trigger warning. Like, she just does it. Are you saying it's not a very, like, nuanced portrayal of suicide? (laughs) absolutely not. In a 1986 comic of Superman? (laughs) And that's that's what I just kind of wanted to touch on. Like, Like, we're not making fun of that. It's just not very well portrayed. But that's fine. But that's also, that is the, that's what they were. They didn't have time. Yeah. You have 24 pages and they have to get a whole story. Like, they they're, don't... They're punching it out. Yeah, but then... I could have done without that whole character, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I also think there's a bit of rough work in when Superman's like, oh my God, Bizarro's a robot. I can kill him. Yeah. He's like, and, I can moiter this man. Yeah, he looks He looks at his cells up close and he's like, oh. Inorganic. It's all good, guys. <laughs> I can kill this guy. He's not real, even though he kind of shows emotions like a page before. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "All right, yeah. fuck you, dude." <laughs> um, yeah, well, but then yeah, he, the... show, he shows actual sentience. Yeah, like very genuine <laughs> sentience. Yeah, he saves like a Lucy few Lane. Lives. He saves blind Lucy Lane. <laughs> he saves a few lives, and then Superman re- rewards that heroism by killing him, killing the fuck in out of him. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah Colin are we convincing you to to read this comic book yes great <laughs> it rules for the, rec- for the record Colin doesn't really read comics um he's our listener uh, he's our proto sorry, audience yeah um and then the last issue I honestly couldn't tell you anything about except that Jor-El is there sorry that was on mic um yeah in a way that is unexplained and I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then, it, oh, I actually, I really did like that Lana Lang. Um, but also it kind of like, came out of nowhere. Yeah, but I think that worked because, like, she's explaining to him that his, it's, it's him. It's so Lana Lang, past love of Superman. Yeah, and he, she comes up to him and he, he says, wow, I haven't seen you in 10 years. And she said, yeah, you basically ripped my life open. Yeah. 
uh, by showing me that you were an alien who could fly, yeah. and then and then like, well, see immediately, yeah, and never speaking to me again. Yeah, I guess I don't know. It just felt like it kind of popped out of nowhere, which for, I, me, I guess makes, makes sense. That makes sense because yeah. it's about him being like, oh, I've spent this whole time living these two lives and trying. He, he, it's him realizing his impact of. It's maybe the most realistic point of the comic. Yeah, big time. And then she straight, she's like, I'm happy, but not as happy as I think I would have yeah, been if you were a normal like, person. Man, if only I was with you and had kids with you, what a life yeah, I could have had. if you weren't an alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she definitely drops the, the realist yeah. moment well, yeah, in the whole okay. series. I like that. I buy that. Yeah, I like. I liked it. And yeah. then, But then it gets bogged down in Jor-El and Pa yeah. hits Jor-El with a shovel and... Nearly gets electrocuted. It's fine. It's fine. The comic ends, Superman's like, I'm an alien, but I've got to be a good boy. Yeah, you got to be a good boy, alien. Yeah. Well, that's that's important for all of us. Yeah. you got to be a good boy. So, Superman Birthright. Uh, 2003. Mark Wade. Lionel Francis Hugh. Dave McCaig. Is the colorist. Is the colorist. Um, this is, I think, the first... Well, the like the next origin reimagining after Man of Steel, because mm. I remember back in the day, less so now. These kind of like origin, like whenever a new origin came out, it would be like, all right, that's what we got to refer to now. That, when that we becomes have, canon. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting and a whole other beast. But, well, that's actually really interesting that you said that because what I was noticing in reading this comic is how much he takes from Man of Steel. Yeah. Like, whole hog, I think he just takes sections out. Like, the opening stuff with um, Krypton, and I know, like, that's a well-worn story. That's, like, that had already been established. But the sterility, the kind of, like, a little bit of the aesthetic. I think the sterility is not as much there in Birthright. They're pretty affectionate parents, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, But also, uh, the design of kryptonians and kryptonian armor in this comic rules yeah it's real good it looks i sick. really really like it a lot they look like uh i don't know like they show images of like krypton warriors before they were like a unified mm. planet and they look like like world of warcraft they got like chunky armor it's something that i think like they got horses but krypton horses my voice went so high just <laughs> Puberty must suck. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's something that every kind of iteration of Superman has fun with. Yeah, I is, think this might be my favorite. I think it might be my favorite as well, because I get back to the movies. Like, I enjoyed the kind of Man of Steel. Yeah, Krypton. I thought it was very brown and very dull looking, but I thought the actual design of yeah. everything was really Fantastical. cool. Fantastical. Um, and you know, it has, and what I think this comic has as well is that like that tactility, but that kind of slightly, like you can look at it and be like, I understand how that would work. Yeah. Tactility is a good word for it. But then actually like, but I don't because it's nothing that I would, I actually know if that makes sense. What? Like it's, it's tactile. It feels tactile enough that you're like, I understand it. But then you look at it and you're like, actually I don't because it's. It's alien. It's alien. Yeah, gotcha. Spoiler alert. alert. They're aliens. They're aliens. Yeah. White aliens. <laughs> they're all white aliens. All and even so in this white. 2003 comic, they're all white aliens. 
but that's okay. Yes, actually, but I think this comic um, tries to... Oh, does it ever. And in a a way that I don't think is always successful, I think it I don't tries think it's to uh, navigate its way through Superman's white saviour trope. But it leans into, into it. Into some sketchy things. So instead of kicking off in a football field in high school. No, yeah, we go straight from the destruction of Krypton, which again, destruction of Krypton is the Batman's parents of... It's the Pearls. Superman. It's the Pearls, yeah. yeah. For Cohen. Uh, <laughs> and for you. And for you, the listener. Reader. Dear reader. L- um, listener, sorry. The, the, death, the death of Batman's parents uh, is a moment that has been replicated ad infinim. Yeah. Um, so many... Comics. Well, it's like the Uncle Ben syndrome. It's, Uncle ben. it's just these these moments of pure tragedy that writers and creators seem to get like rock hard about. <laughs> that they're just like, I can't wait for my chance yeah. to kill that motherfucking Ben. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> to destroy that planet. Yeah, I can't wait to murder those fucking Waynes. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. moving right along. Thanks, um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for showing it. Face of pure confusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we see the destruction of, of Krypton and then we go straight into uh, Superman in the African desert. Mm. Um, reporting, reporting on, uh, on small, small tribal uh, dispute. Yeah. Um, and he comes across a, a leader who is representing his tribe and showcases the kind of selfless leadership that Superman really, well, Clark Kent at this point, mm. um, is looking for. And we, and, and we find out that he's been kind of wandering the globe for five or six years to try and figure out his shit. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's a good point because the overall arc of this story is Clark Kent fails to save someone. And mm. I think whenever I see that replicated in, like, non-origin takes of Superman, Superman failing to do something, I'm like, that's that's a bad take on the character because he's Superman. But I think it works here because it's the first thing that happens to but, the character. Wait, it's that's, like, the, that's, that's the whole point of that movie that you just said was secretly good. That's for a different reason. It's it's not a Superman movie. Anyway. It's not a Superman. No, we're digging into this. What the heck? What are you on about? What do you mean it's not a Superman movie? Well, I just don't think that that Henry Cavill Superman is really a take on... Like, is Superman, really? Is it because the S means hope? <laughs> is that it? I, I don't know. I don't want to get into it, Joe. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so yeah, I think I that's am reeling right now. <laughs> kicking off, kicking off the origin with Clark Kent, because he's not Superman yet. Yeah, failing to save someone, and that being the incident where he's like, "I'm never gonna fail to save anyone ever again," kind of works for me. Okay, so you don't like? I don't like when Superman as Superman can't save people. So you like it? You okay? Right. Because I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of his character. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I understand. I understand this idea that like it needs to be an inciting kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But I. Yeah. 
Yeah. I've got no real argument. I just wanted to kind of dig into it a little bit more. No, I agree. I think the rest of this opening, uh, it's trying to be like, this is a post 9-11 comic. It's trying to be political and worldly. And uh, it doesn't really land. No. And I also think. This is like a directly post 9-11 comic. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it has something to do with the art. I also think that um, this art kind of delves into caricature at times. Yeah. And I think... Lionel Francis here has a... Worth looking up, I think, especially his work on this comic. He has a very chunky, shadowy art style. It's... It's very at ink times, heavy. The faces are also borderline kind of like grotesque. Like they've got yeah. like, like the way they're like mouth and like jaws unhinged yeah, sometimes. And he really like revels in rage. Whenever a character is like yeah. raging, it's his big like lex and they're like when he does a sh- like every time he sh- a character from of his shouts, they shout with their whole like, Yeah, they're really strange. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that this comic kind of gets wrong about the fundamental nature of Superman is that most of the time that Lionel Francis Yu depicts Superman, peak Superman mode, mm. he looks pissed off. Like, he's not he's not John Byrne, Man of Steel, good guy Superman. This guy no. is, like, on a rampage. Most of the time you see him with his glowing laser eyes in the shadows. <sighs> Yeah, that's true, actually. there's, And I think that makes sense for the context. This is post-9-11 Superman. Yeah, people are angry. Like, people... Yeah. Like, I don't... I think this is the probably the beginning of that earnest kind of vision of the character starting to become a failure. Or yeah. starting to, sorry, fail. Like I think this is, is where Man of Steel, the movie, stems from. stems from, yeah. Which is interesting, because Mark Wade didn't like... Or... Mm, I think he liked it now, but he wrote a big article about... Why he um, didn't like Man of Steel. Well, he didn't like the Man of Steel at the end of it killed Zod. Oh, yeah. He didn't like... I mean... He then, like, he wrote an article saying that, like, you know, he understands why. Yeah. But, I like, he he wrote this article that I read ages ago that um, took it to be uh, that... You know, he he stood up in the cinema and said, "Oh, Superman doesn't kill." Yeah, all right. That stuff. Um, but, but anyway, what we're, the... not, we're, not, we're not here to argue <laughs> about about Man of Steel, Mark Waite's political or his political readings. views. Um, what what are the main story beats in this comic? This is there's no other little villains in this. This no, is this a one's, this, this is a Lex Luthor ass story. Lex Luthor kind of origin as well. Um, well, the main story beats. So he goes to. He goes back to Smallville, knowing that he has a mission now. He, him, and Mark mm. Kent, who have been emailing, adorable because two thousand three. I do like that they email on an encrypted yeah. site. Uh, Mark, Mark Kent's like email username is area fifty two. Yep, and um, <laughs> uh, Clark, Clark Kent's is mild mannered, which I think is really funny. Um, <laughs> it's funny. But they go in, and it's kind of like beat for beat. These first few issues are kind of similar to the first issue of the John Byrne one. Yeah, but expanded in, over but like they, but 50 like pages. Way, way more expanded. Mm. Um, they go back to... They do the same thing. They go back to Smallville. They build a suit. They talk at length about... I really liked... And I remember the first time I read this as well, I really, really liked the um, the depiction of like the breakdown of how his disguise works. Mm. 
they're like no you need to slouch you need to wear a baggy jacket you need to put your hair back you need to put the glasses on and like you just watch and then francis Liu kind of really does lionel francis you lionel francis i think he's just going by lionel you in this but in modern comics he goes by lionel francis you i think he's lionel f in this oh okay on on the front pages um anyway but you know it's 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 again it's the it's this idea of like no we really need to get across that like no this secret identity yeah. works like his disguise swear does to God, yeah it's, yeah it's it's so sweaty at times yeah um yeah i agree with that and then he goes to metropolis yeah and metropolis is definitely a mirror of new york post 911 yeah there's you know everyone's scared and yeah and this is interesting like in man of steel metropolis is like quite neo utopia futuristic Mm. Like there's some cool little architectural trappings that make it look like somewhere not on Earth. Yeah, but versus, this just feels like, like the, New the York. gothic architecture, architecture of Gotham. Like that's, yeah, that's been the whole thing. Is always like yeah, and that's what DC have always done really well. Is like their cities, their made up cities are so yeah. well they got created. Personality. They got personality. Um, but this just feels like New York. Well, I think it like there are some at that point. It's Sorry, it's genuinely impossible to not make this comic about that's true New York post nine eleven. Um, that's a good point. But it does like, but you know, it does make sense to do a Superman a Superman comic in which you know the whole arc of the of the people within it is is them coming to terms with there being goodness in the world again. Like, yeah. Them coming yeah. to terms with their be- the idea about being th- there being a Superman, yeah, who um, is inherently good, who is inherently good, who is not and out to get them. It's an interesting story to tell about an immigrant alien in the wake of a time when immigration was kind of fucked, mm. and yeah, big time. like immigrants were seen as threats. Yeah, um, in that context, I think it is very. It's an effective read. Yeah. With that, like, in that context, like... Yeah. Because I just... I don't... Like, I think the John Byrne, you know, the Man of Steel comic wasn't having... Didn't have to wrestle with any kind of socio-political or socio-economic context. No, it's just trying to be pure Superman. Well, yeah, because the only thing it's wrestling with is is its own history. Yeah, that's, Um, that's a good point. And this one has to deal with its own history and then also how a Superman can exist in a modern time. Yeah. Um, it it kind of makes me think about, like, that god-awful Marvel 9-11 oh, comic. Where Do- Dr. Doom's crying. Where Dr. Doom cries. Like, oh. But that's what I'm talking... Like, you know, this. I think this is a good... You know, if I think it's not a perfect comic, but I do think it is a good encapsulation of kind of... Yeah, with that in context. Yeah, if, of it in context. Um what are the other beats of the... What What else? Um, Lex Luthor is much more ingrained in Clark Kent's origin. Yeah. He's also he's, He grew up in small, interesting. Smallville. Yeah. I think they're just very different characters. I think this is a very... I think Smallville either came out before or at the same time as this comic. And he feels mm. a lot like the character Lex Luthor in that comic. Mm. Like, he's like... He's he's a bit of that like stereotypical portrayal of like I'm not like everyone else. I don't fit in and like, yeah, which is so boring. It is to boring. Me. I agree. 
I think Lex Luthor is the best when he is likable. Yeah. Because I then think he actually represents a kind of version of Superman that is... Well, not a version of Superman, but, like, a mirror image of Superman that is not so drastically different. Yeah. He actually can represent, like, no, no, you can be likable and shitty. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I just... I think I liked in this that he is so ingrained in the origin... But then his ego gets so large that he takes such painstaking efforts to remove himself. remove himself from the origin. Like he goes back to Smallville and apparently like pays people off and like records record gets rid of records of himself and like tells people to be like, don't ever mention that I ever grew up here, mm. which I think is a very interesting and like pretty true to form take on that character, I think. Yeah, I found it to be just a little bit too like cackly villain-esque in a way that like you know he's he's like oh i'm not all there like i'm unhinged and yeah Yeah, ultimate power and all that kind of stuff and i just was like eh yeah eh i really liked i think the best part of this comic the best character dynamic of this comic is all the characters in the daily yeah planet the the um the scene with perry white and lois lane where she is in the editorial office with him, just going through the day's paper, telling him what he did wrong. Yeah. Is just great. Like, it's so funny. There are so many good little character beats and, like, moments. Like, the one that I keep remembering is uh, when Clark Kent... This is, like, moving forward a little bit. But Clark Kent... uh, Jimmy Olsen talks to him, and Clark Kent says, Thanks, Jim. And um, then Jimmy Olsen goes to talk to Lois Lane and she's like, thanks, Jimmy. And he's like, no, call me Jim. And and she's like, just because Clark called you that? And he says, yes. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's the good modernization of it, I think. Yeah, I think like, you know, we could have done, I think there are various um, even more modern reinterpretation and like kind of redo of the 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 superhero myth like the superman myth that we could have done what i think i like about this one is that it's in a time that is like just pre mobile phone mm. it's just pre kind of like social media so jimmy can actually be a photographer he's not yeah, like that's true it doesn't like, have to 10 years from now 10 years from that like jimmy becomes the social media guy like yeah. the, the web editor of the daily planet and like I lose all interest. <laughs> totally. It's at um, the cusp, like just on the brink of journalism's death, quote unquote. Yeah, because they're still or newspaper on journalism. Yeah, they talk about like the kind of merger of print and online journalism, which um, I think it handles pretty well. Yeah, it handles it as much as I need a comic book to handle it. Like. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think this comic kind of drags a little bit in the middle. Yeah, I ca- I can't remember a lot. That I'm trying to remember. In the there is a whole. There's a whole issue on Lex Luthor's origin in um, Smallville that mm. is told in like painstaking exposition, but the conceit of it is that Pa Kent and Clark are just like talking about it. Yeah. But the way they describe it, I'm like, no one has a conversation that is like, and then Lex did this. And it's like, also, <laughs> you were both there. You both knew exactly what he did. They were just reminiscing about they the were reminiscing about the, the, time, bad, the bad old days. The bad old days. Yes. Um, Spinning off on that, uh, I think Park Kent in this book 
fucking sucks. He sucks for a he sucks for like a page. You nah, mess, you, you message me this. Not and just I, that. No, I think he sucks for a page He's and then like, he gets back into it. Uh, I don't know. I think he just has a real bummer energy throughout the whole comic. I think he has a bummer energy for that one moment <laughs> that you then held on to and you were I like, did. man, fuck this guy. But I think that's a point unto its own that that was such a big part of it where Parkhand's like, oh man, he doesn't want to take after his dad. That sucks. And yeah. then he kind of carries that with him. I don't know. <laughs> you kind of like, I, don't I think know, it's man. a sticking He's going point. through some stuff. <laughs> yeah, leave him be. He's got some Fuck fucking up, things Parkhand. to think about. Yeah. Um, and then the way they discover it is that he's like, oh, I never took you flying. And Parkhead's like, no, you fucking did it. <laughs> yeah. And I hate I you for about it. That. Um, I think, yeah, I think like. I really like Marquette though. She's great. Yeah. With the emailing back and forth. Yeah, I think that's cute. I think and they I, have a great how, relationship. How, like, they, they build the, the suit together and yeah. it's cute. Um. Oh, so kind the... of on, no, on your, on your, I'm you sticking with your hatred of Park Kent. Like, I think this is kind of, you know, we're three years on from Ultimate Spider-Man in this, mm. so we're kind of like we're hitting that cusp of where we had we have to kind of take all these elderly support characters and breathe a little bit of new life into them. Point. You know, so I think like. The way instead of them being just you know Martin Park Canada just like oh good for you Clark I love rhubarb pie they literally have to, <laughs> they have to have like a little more edge like they have to they have to be included in the story in yeah. a way that is he's a sad dad yeah that make it like kind of emotionally resonant in a certain way yeah yeah, yeah. okay that's that's a good point I like just like fucking... good old Martin Park and yeah. I love that rhubarb pie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched the, um, this is a side tent, have you watched the, the Justice League, like, unlimited cartoon? No. God, you should watch that cartoon. I'm it's, sure I would love it's it. It's really tough to imagine that you wouldn't like it. Like I, I know I would like it. There is an episode, if you like that shit so much, there is an episode where um, Superman takes Martian Manhunter to Smallville for Christmas. Fuck yeah, he does. And they give, and then Marn Park can't give uh, Martian Manhunter a, a, a sweater for Good. A for Christmas. Good. And then he pats a cat. Great. And he goes, Kitty. Went from good to great. Um, so the climax of this story, I only just remembered, <laughs> <laughs> which maybe goes to say something about the quality of the story, is Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor faking a Kryptonian invasion force yeah. with kryptonite. It's, yeah, it's, it's sweaty as hell. Um, <laughs> like, it's fine. I did like... I found that I, I think it sticks to the landing a bit more than Man of Steel in terms of being cinematic. The last yeah. scene where Lois is up, like, taking the Krypton out of the tower or whatever. Sorry, the Kryptonite out of the tower. And there's, like, a couple of uh, decompressed fight scenes that it's just, like, Superman wailing on robots and tanks and stuff. No, they're not robots. They're like actual people oh, yeah. <laughs> that have been given suits. That yeah, I forgot like, about nope, that. fuck you, bang. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. They've all been like put I think on it, with the insignia. it works. And it is very much at that time where comics are going a bit more Hollywood. Yeah. And it kind of encapsulates that a bit. Totally. Um, I genuinely cannot remember what happens in 
like four issues of this comic and I read it today. <laughs> um, there's a, the bit that I liked is they have that moment, there's a splash page where Superman picks up the giant S shield. Um, yeah, and then they use the that. And he uses that. And I, I screenshotted that page because I was like, damn, that's a cool shot. It is a cool shot. They then use as like, this is the cool shot. That, yeah. Like, Jimmy, that... I love how Jimmy's like, oh, I took it on my phone real quick. And you're like, no, yeah. you didn't. That, if you <laughs> took that on your phone, shit. that would have been a real shit photo. <laughs> 2003 <laughs> Nokia phone. Which Lois Lane actually says, send me a phone pic yeah. in this, which I think is very, very funny. Um. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else to talk about with this. Like, I think it, we... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Question it. Question mark? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I just think, like, in terms of a, a Superman origin story, like, mm-hmm, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, I think I I have I remember the... loving it, like, 10 years ago when I read it. I, I This is the first time I've read it. Right. Um, I think it falls under the same problems I had with Ultimate Spider-Man, which will be a Patreon bonus content episode. Um, That's never getting released. <laughs> <laughs> that, that thing sounds I, terrible. But I think it sound, like it, it has those kind of period trappings that make it a little bit less accessible. Like it's interesting yeah. as an artifact of its time. You can you can read the '86 Man of Steel today, today, and it's like this is a Superman story. Yeah, Whereas and it doesn't you... like bits of it feel like the '80s, like the girl with the boombox. But other than that, it doesn't have a lot of '80s trappings. No, and they're also not done in a way that feel like it's trying to wedge itself into a time period. Yeah. Whereas I think like and like I said, like you know, if this was ten years, like if Birthright was ten years later, it would be all online and like. Yeah. It would be Twitter and yeah. all that shit that I genuinely fucking hate. Yeah, but I ha- it, I hate it, it when would be social media. Just yeah, FYI, so do I. So I think it's good that it didn't come out at that time as well. I agree. As much as it has I'm period glad we're in trappings, agreement that it is good that it did not. <laughs> yeah, as much as it has period trappings, I think that it deals with that kind of thing well, mm. and that still has a timeless quality. So, moving on to our next segment. Oh. Unless you have more to say. I don't think so. Um, look, they're both good. I think they're both, like, good. They're both Superman stories that I think deal with, you know, this is not, like... Like, Superman's had some shockers. Mm. There was a time where he turned red and blue. It's time where he died. It's time where he died. It's like sad ones. They were... Yeah, it was sad. It was a sad time. People, yeah. yeah. He died a couple times. He's died a few times. But, like... You know, I think in terms of what we kind of set out at the beginning of the episode, like... There was the time where his alternate universe clone went crazy and punched through a hole in dimensions and... Uh... Yeah. And then killed him. Yeah. Um, there was the time that his new 52 um, equivalent oh. died of poisoning so that the old... Oh, how to break pre- my brain. Pre-crisis Superman... Fuck no, superhero comics, Pre-crisis man. or po- post-crisis him. Superman <laughs> could take his place within that continuity and every character just went, well, we'll never talk about that again. <laughs> and poor New 52 Superman just got fucking completely abandoned. Um, Don't where... worry if you didn't understand that. Like, I honestly didn't know that. Um, but this is the shit. This is what you're tuning in for. This yeah. is the shit you're tuning in for. You want to hear two nerds 
just fucking, fucking go at it. Just really gris, gris the meat, gris the mill. What? <laughs> just really the chew the bone. Does... <laughs> anyway, next segment. One perfect panel. One perfect panel. What do you got? Uh, it's it's <laughs> talked into the microphone. It's for dramatic effect. Yeah. Um, it's the the actual one perfect panel. I think is from Birthright, and it's like the one time that Superman smiles right at the end when he's like holding Lois in the end, and he's like, "Hey, there's something nice." Yep. I um. Have- I have like one kind of jokey one and then two. Well, um, yeah. My other jokey ones. one is Lois Lane fucking gunning a dumbbell <laughs> and Clark being like, You ready to go, Lois? And she's like, Ready as ever. Just for- But she says it like, Ready as ever. <laughs> and she's like, You're a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these weights fucking suck. These, they suck. Um, just to let everyone know that we will post these One Perfect panels on our um, various social medias so you can yeah. all get a chance to see them. Yeah. We do know that this is an audio medium. Describing <laughs> <laughs> visual moments. Yeah. But John Byrne slays it. He does. Um, so my jokey one is uh, from Birthright, where in one of when Superman's kind of first saved people and he does this and i think it's kind of the scariest thing i've ever seen just for the for the listener it's a moment when superman has saved a woman and put her on the um the roof and she says thank you and he turns around and winks gives her a big fat as if, wink as if it is the first time a person has winked <laughs> I, I, like it genuinely looks like it looks like a bruise it looks <laughs> It looks like someone has punched him <laughs> in the eye. He's got a real shiner. It's absolutely broken, Cohen, which is just great. Um, <laughs> Glad we could have that effect. And then my two real ones I thought were, um, I wanted, I like, kind of going back to the earnest kind of like thing. This one, the first time he says Superman oh, yeah. in John Byrne. That's an iconic off. page. It's, it's I feel like I've seen page. that. And, like, it's just, it's everything you love. He's flying off. He's got, like, the colours pop. He's um, popping his chest. He's popping his chest. Yeah. Uh, he's flying. It's great. And then um, this one when Superman arrives in oh, Metropolis yeah. and saves Jimmy and um, Lois in the thing. And I just love that, like, they did it from the, the, the lower angle. I love that, like... It looks like, like, it, it shouldn't make sense, but... I think it works because of that. Yeah. This, you got the it sun, looks dynamic. sun beams. Like, it's dynamic. Again, it's, like, I like, like, the flatness of the colours. Yeah. Like, I like that there's not too much depth or yeah. shadow. Like, it, the, the cape is just a block of red. I agree. Um, I really like that. The way that is gripping the plane as well oh. is, like, that wouldn't... If it was anyone else, if it was, like, a science fiction comic... A, People would pick that piece as being like, you can't hold that. Yeah, but Superman. It's, just but like it's any, Superman. It's like it's like in that John Berman where he picks up that whole. He picks up Luther's boat, and you yeah. know, damn well, the minute he picks that up, that thing's splitting in two. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, yeah. Now that's Superman. That's though. Superman. He can do that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but he can do that. Yeah. Because he's Superman. Um, so yeah, those are my three one perfect panels. Yeah, that's that good choices there. I like that. Oh. Um, so where do you come out on top? What what comes out at the top of the pops pimple? Uh, I think coming into it, I genuinely 
we're just moving past that. <laughs> I think genuinely I came in thinking it was Birthright and I'm leaving thinking it's Man of Steel. I think it's got to be Man of Steel. I think it's got to be Man of Steel. I also don't, but I also don't want this to become a um, uh, a trend where we like read an older comic and we're like, older comics are better. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm surprised. I I think like the discussion is enlightened a lot, but I honestly thought you would go with Birthright. Yeah, I think the dis- I think leading with um, Man of Steel really kind of like tipped my yeah. It's just a it's a punchy comic. It's fun to read. Also, Birthright's like twice the length. Yeah, with and just feels as like much a story. It feels like it does about half the stuff. Yeah, which I think is a criticism. I think that's indicative of what is to what kind of is to come uh, in all media. Yeah, there, where things are longer than they need to be. And more serialized than they need to be. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I like I like the the one story a week kind of thing. Yeah, I like. It does make me want to read more John Burns Superman. Mm. There is more out there. I'll bet. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe um, I'll read some. Um, in terms of if you want to read this at home, uh, both I think are in print at bookstores. Mm. Yeah, uh, they'd both be in TP. Yeah, I think Birthright is one of those evergreen books that's always around. I think it's going to get printed until the, like, the end of time. Yeah, and Man of Steel, I think, pops in and out, but I think it's currently in. But um, you can also read it digitally at Comixology, which has now been acquired by Amazon, and it's a bit tricky to navigate, but basically I think apparently you can go... fixing it. Sure. You, you basically... Apparently the fan outcry was so bad <laughs> that was. Amazon is like, all right, fine, Jesus, you fucking nerds, we'll fix it. Yeah. Well, it is Jesus. bad though. It's it's the the UI like the app is pretty tricky to navigate, but it is readable. I read them on there. You basically buy it through Amazon, and it will pop up on this app, Comicsology. Mm. You read um, it on a Kindle? I read it on my mobile phone. On like a Kindle app? No, there's a Comicsology app. You're right. Yeah. Sounds terrible. Yeah. Those are the, those are the go-to ways I of reading it. I downloaded them. You can pirate it also. I pirated. I'm it's a ba- fine. I'm a bad person. I've been pirating comics for. 10 years. Don't worry about Cut it. Cut that out. <laughs> Cut that so out. Bad. <laughs> um, anyway, wrapping anyway. up, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, um, Cohen. Thank Cohen de Groot is our sound editor, Does makes us all sound good. I think he's our producer. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't really know I the think terminology. He's produ- I think he's produce- producer Cohen. Producer Cohen. Um, hopefully by this point we'll have a theme song, which was recorded by Cohen and I. Mm-hmm. Get excited. And we'll have some artwork by... Lane Lloyd. You can find them on Instagram at Lane underscore Lloyd with two L's on Lloyd. Are um, you on Twitter, Rowan? I am on Twitter at Rowan underscore Grover. Uh, follow me there for some seething hot takes about comics and sometimes video games. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Rowan K. Grover. I think that's all my socials to plug. I'm on no socials. So don't worry about so it. So don't even worry about it. But we do also have some... Oh, yeah. Our own socials. You can find us on Twitter at Pressing Issues Pod. Actually, sure was... no. Oh, what have you done? He Cut. has to ch- Guys, he has to check. No, we're leaving this all in. I want Rowan to sit in his failure. <laughs> While he's doing that, yeah, I just want to thank everyone. Oh, no, he's back. Uh, so, because the handle was too long, I had to shorten it to press n issues pod. So it's pressing, but without the I or the G.
press an issues pod. Love it. And uh, <laughs> most likely something else, something by, on that lines on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, hopefully by the time this episode is up, the Instagram will be up as well. And you can follow us all there. Yeah. We'll post comic related stuff and stuff related to the episode. And if you like what we did and you are into hour long comic book talks, um, feel free to subscribe and yeah, on whatever platform. On whatever platform. Rate us five stars. Rate us five stars. Leave us a comment if you like. Yeah. Or if you don't like, I don't really mind. You can also hit us up with any inquiries at pressingissuespod at gmail.com. tell me, is that pressing? That's or full is that on pressing. pressing. <laughs> That's pressing. Pressing. Uh, P-R-E-S-S-I-N-G. Issues. I-S-S-U-E-S. Pod. P-O-D. At gmail.com. Great. And... Join us next week where we'll continue our Origins and Entry Points miniseries with We Haven't Decided Yet. <laughs> I realise we should probably do that before the end of each episode. We're, this is episode one, guys. We are learning as we go. And you love to hear it. And you love to hear it. Thank you. We Thank love you. So you. Much. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.